This, this is the Second Second Story Podcast. Welcome back to the Second Story Podcast. I'm Max Spitz. In popular culture, stories of the trans experience often seem to present the act of transitioning as a distinct moment with an active beginning and end, rather than a process full of many small changes and hurdles along the way. When I asked this week's storyteller, Audrey Farber, about what she wanted listeners to take away, she gave me two distinct thoughts. Firstly, it is true that being transgender is hard. But secondly, she wants listeners to understand the power of perseverance and hope in finding herself and her community. Recorded live at Haymarket Pub and Brewery in Chicago in June 2023, Second Story is proud to present Audrey and Jim. I am very fortunate. At least that's what my wife Carol tells me. She should know. We have had a good life together, mainly as me presenting as my male self, Jim, and hiding my feminine self, Audrey. But things change. I am now spending a large part of my life as Audrey. I transitioned to work about five years ago. I am going to yoga. It is great. Jim gets to do his guy things. I get to do my girl things. Yes, I do agree. We are fortunate. For example, Jim has marched in the St. Patrick's Day Parade for about 50 years. It's nice. I started marching in the Pride Parade around 10 years ago. It is awesome. I march in a longish, very yellow cotton sleeveless dress with a full skirt. It is my parade dress. It feels so right. And yes, it is true. I did start the whole yellow fashion trend. I have a small family, a daughter and a son-in-law with six kids, a nephew and niece with three kids and another nephew. Jim shared our truth with them around National Coming Out Day in 2019. That was huge. My daughter is a born again Christian, so I was prepared to be discarded. That did not happen, but chaos did. (laughs) There was lots of crying. Jim promised not to impose me upon them. Carol, my wife felt betrayed. Whenever my truth is shared, she feels betrayed. She maintains that I am nobody's business. Oh, we had agreed back in 1979, yes, 1979, that no one should know after she found a sad stash of my clothes. Jim was very ashamed and made a bunch of promises that he could keep me under control. We got married a couple years later. Jim kept those promises for a very long time, but it turned out I'm not that easily kept down. (laughs) After the revelation my family gave Carol hugs, I got none. But just saying the words, I am transgender, was triumph enough for me. A little over a year ago, I wrote an email to my daughter, nephews, and niece. It began, let me start out by saying being transgender is hard. For most of my life, I've been alone in my battle to feel good about myself. 
I question myself all the time. I still feel isolated, even though Carol has been more supportive lately. She still struggles to do that. It went on to talk about a celebration that I was involved in organizing my church. It was commemorating the anniversary of the vote for the church to be open and affirming to all. Jim has been involved in the church for 25 years. He's been running a program where high school students perform puppet shows for Sunday school. He shared our truth with a minister over two years ago because when giving blood after work as me, I was placed in a chair next to a friend from church. As I always do, I introduced myself and shared that I was trans, as if that wasn't obvious. <laughs> we chatted about church as the blood exited our bodies. I did not ask him to keep me a secret. I never do. So I figured that I should get ahead of the news by telling the minister. The minister explained that the church was accepting to all. Who knew? <laughs> and when and asked when I was going to tell the puppet team, I did not see that coming. I did not know I'd have to tell them. That was never my intent, but it went well. It takes so much courage to come out, even to kids. The minister also asked me to join a social justice team at church. This resulted in me walking into church. After stepping in his gym for 25 years, it was like I, ta-da, <laughs> was entering the church for the first time. I guess I was. I was introduced to the team, which was comprised of mainly older straight women. One of the women told me that I was the first trans person that she had met. I'm sure that she was not alone. The team was planning an event and asked me to be involved. For the service, I would be the lector. I wrote a puppet script that the puppet team would perform. I recruited speakers for a luncheon after the service. But I was very concerned about the reaction of the congregation to me. Just because the church voted to be open and affirming does not mean that all of the people in the pews are. My presenting in two genders likely has caused some to question if I am valid. So I sent an email to the family. Why cannot openly talk about being transgender with them? They start to squirm and change the topic as soon as they can. Then I start to feel sad. It's just not worth it to me. I thought that if I sent an email imploring them to come and support me, it would give them time to consider. I was hopeful because I have been there and continue to be there for all of them through good times and bad. I have asked very little. I close the email with, why tell you this? I would love to have the support of my family at this event to bolster my courage. By that, I mean you. I put you in caps. It would mean a lot to me. Hope that you can make it. I signed it, love, Jim. It was a crazy idea, but not the first one that I had had. <laughs> in August of 2020, I sent an email to the three women in my family saying I was soon to realize a lifelong dream of getting my ears pierced. I shared my love for dangly earrings. I asked that they each give me a pair of earrings that had some meaning to them for my birthday. Simple enough. When my birthday came, my niece, while bringing beer into the garage, gave Jim a gift bag. It had a little hinged box with earrings in it. 
She explained that these were her power earrings. She had worn these to interviews and other stressful events when she needed a confidence boost. No doubt a very thoughtful gift that I am very appreciative of. I'm wearing them now. She gave them to me in the garage, she explained, because she did not want anyone to see. Showing support for me would be perceived as a betrayal of the family. I got nothing from Carol or my daughter. But despite all of this, I was still hopeful. I really did not believe that they could say no. Starbucks, oh my God, it is my third place. I go there to journal. Starbucks is like an encouraging friend. I go to my work, Starbucks only is me. When I transition at work, I transition there as well. The one near my house is different. If I'm out as Audrey, I go there as Audrey. If I'm out as Jim, I go there as Jim. Starbucks people work hard to remember your name. One day I walked in and Melissa triumphantly greeted me as Jim. Jim and I do look quite a bit alike. <laughs> I replied, I'm Audrey today. She corrected by saying, hi, Audrey. The next time I went, Jen was very excited to see me. My Starbucks card has the name Jim on it. She offered that I could change the name on the card to Jodry. <laughs> I explained that I'm either Jim or Audrey, binary. Never Jodry. <laughs> Back in March, Melissa wished me a happy Transgender Day of Visibility. I feel supported when I go there. I sense that they are actively rooting for me. It feels so wonderful to be ignored, <laughs> acknowledged and encouraged. Apparently, it's not that hard. In answer to my email, my niece asked for a meeting. She and my nephew took Jim out to dinner to discuss. It had the feel of an inquisition. My niece expressed concern about the effect that I would have on their children, especially their 12-year-old daughter, who also happened to be on the puppet team at church. This was not comfortable for any of us, but wine smoothed things along. My niece wanted to know why I would want her daughter to see me like that. I told her that seeing me would be an addition, not a subtraction. I believe that strongly. Also, pragmatically, I needed her to do her puppet part. <laughs> After much discussion, they said they would come to the celebration and they would let their daughter decide if she wanted to be involved in the puppet performance or not. On to my daughter. After about a week, she replied, we will not be attending. That's it, no breakaway, good luck, nada. The church celebration went great. One member of the social justice team said she had never been more proud to be part of the church. I wore the dress that I always wear to add to my confidence. It's a flowy T-length navy blue dress with large polka dots that have the shading similar to a full moon. I get compliments. <laughs> I also wore my wedge sandals and the earrings that my niece gave me, both of which I love. 
The puppet show delivered a message of love and acceptance and a rebuttal to religious intolerance. It had a trans character. I was so grateful that one of the puppet team volunteered to play them. My great niece decided not to come and do her puppet part. How could she not? We found someone else to do it, so it worked out, I suppose. From the pulpit, I saw my supporters, my nephew and my niece, my friend Pete, a few trans and church friends. I read a Bible passage which was given to me about a eunuch. What is that about? <laughs> my niece and nephew approached me with hugs after the service, but left before the luncheon. Did my daughter give me a thought that day? Carol's plan was to sneak in and sneak out so no, she would not have to talk to anyone. That didn't feel supportive to me, so I asked her to stay home. Look, I just love marching in parades. <laughs> I love a parade. At St. Patrick's Parade, marchers walk and wave. Pride parades are different. These parades are a love fest. Affirmation abounds. I am a hugger. I believe strongly in the power of hugs. At the Chicago Pride Parade, I trade beads for hugs. When I see them, I pick out people with trans supportive garb or flags. Some people that I hug, hug back and support. Others thank me. I've hugged women who share that their child is trans. Inevitably, there are tears. Those are bracing hugs. There's a lot of need for hugs, especially for people at pride parades. I once hugged a drag queen who was wearing powerful makeup, and I have blue makeup permanently embedded in the shoulder of my yellow dress. <laughs> I like that it won't wash out. Last year, I marched in the Buffalo Grove Pride Parade. This parade goes through neighborhoods. People watch from the front lawns. I started out carrying the banner for the group, but my need to hug people had me pulling it toward the crowd. <laughs> I was soon relieved of my duties. <laughs> this left me free to roam. I started executing my parade hugging strategy. I came upon what I assumed to be a young boy, maybe 10, sitting in a lawn chair watching the parade. They were wearing a trans flag. I asked if they would like a hug. They got up and approached me. We hugged. As I was leaving, they said, my name is Marsha. I said, hi, I'm Audrey. As the river of the parade pulled me away, they then shouted, I just came out today. That hug may have been Marsha's first, hopefully the first of many. So I am right. Being transgender is hard. It does not matter if you're 10 years old or quite a bit older. <laughs> the world is becoming increasingly hostile and hateful. We all need to navigate family that cannot comprehend our life experiences and as a result, question our validity. We yearn for love and support, but often get resistance and rejection. But Carol is also right. I am very fortunate. I have built a life filled with people who affirm and support me. Trans friends, co-workers, church friends, friends that were Jim's friends and are now my friends too. And friends that have, I have just found along the way like my new Starbucks friends, Jen and Melissa. <laughs> being transgender has opened so many doors, including being part of this amazing storytelling community which includes my storytelling sister who is here tonight. Thank you.
I just love that I'm a woman. We are loving and nurturing. We are empathetic. We support each other. We are tough and courageous. Women are the hope of the world. I had never considered myself queer, but now I embrace being part of this marvelous queer community. I celebrate the power of queer joy. I celebrate the, the journey that I'm on. I celebrate the awesome person that I'm becoming. I celebrate me. This story was produced by Jenna Myers, curated by Aimee Tin, and directed by Elisa Vera Ramos. Music and sound design was by Daniel Eddie Williams. The Second Story podcast is produced by Max Spitz. To be the first to hear about updates and new episodes, sign up for our podcast listserv at 2ndstory.com slash podcast, or subscribe to the Second Story podcast on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts. Second Story is located in the traditional homelands of the Council of the Three Fires, Yodawa, Ojibwe, and Potawatomi Nations. Our programming is made possible by the Arts Work Fund, Walter Foundation, MacArthur Fund for Arts and Culture at the Richard H. Driehaus Foundation, Paul M. Angel Family Foundation, Gaylord and Dorothy Donnelly Foundation, Illinois Arts Council Agency, the Department of Cultural Affairs and Special Events, Innovation 80, the Lupo Family, Eric Rothstein and Gina Wamick, Athene Karras and Thomas Applegate, James Lupo, Jessica Wetmore, Hannah and George Stowe, and many generous individuals like you. I'm Max Spitz, and this, this is the Second, Second Story Podcast.